The big challenge is this. How are investors like us, who are not backed by a billion dollar hedge fund, who are investing money from our own pockets, how do we buy, sell, and invest in the properties we believe in, yet still make a profit without risking all of our own money? That is the challenge. In this podcast, we'll give you the answers. My name is Nate Armstrong, and welcome to the Social Media Blueprint. Hello, my friends. This is Nate here. Welcome back to the Social Media Blueprint Podcast. So we got a special message today. And as everyone knows, well, maybe you don't, Moses, the leader of his people, never made it to the promised land. Now, why is that? He actually died in the desert. He was supposed to lead his people out of slavery all the way across the desert and into the promised land. But he got stuck peering at the gates of the promised land and never actually went through the gates. He died in the deserts along with most of his generation. And then consequently, his people wandered in the desert for the next 40 years until the next generation of the new thinkers came along. The new thinkers along with, well, I guess Joshua and Caleb, they were part of the part of the original generation and they were actually on board with going into the promised land right away. But unfortunately, Moses and most of his peers died. Now, Sometimes we get stuck in that old thinking because we never clear the gunk out that's in our head, just like Moses, and then we end up getting stuck in the desert. And the next person that we're bringing on in a moment here, Liana, she's someone that figured out to make this real estate business work, she had to clear that gunk from her head. And she did it really, really well. And now she's doing it to to a degree where she's helping so many sellers right now. It's incredible. And I want you to hear in her words how she's helping sellers, how she cleared the gunk from her head to be able to do this. All right, with no further delay, let's go ahead and jump into it. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Today, I've got a special guest. I've got Liana Alok on with us. And we're gonna be talking about how she's helping sellers right now in a very ethical way. She's one of the few folks out there that are really doing this business the right way. And she's got some pretty cool lessons. I got to talk to her a little bit last week and hear what she was doing, but she's got some pretty cool lessons on follow-up strategies and different things as a real estate investor. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Liana, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing good. Thanks for carving time out. I know that you're a busy lady. You just got done telling me that you've networked all the way across the United States, even though you're living where right now? Um, on Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada. Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you told me this already, but I got to ask for everyone listening, the sellers you're helping right now, are you physically on the ground ever with them? Where are you helping them while you're doing deals from Vancouver, Vancouver Island? Yeah, I'm on the phone. I've never stepped foot inside the United States as per this business goes. I've been there, but I've never been face to face with any of my sellers. I've done everything just over the telephone. Yeah just building relationships over the phone. That's how I've done it. It's amazing that you can do that. And I know you recently, I know you've helped out a lot of sellers, but recently you got to help out one. Can you tell us the story? Like what's going on with that seller? Yeah. So it was um, a Facebook ad that had come in. So I, I called him up like I usually do, you know, as soon as I see them come in, I think you need to, as soon as you see them, I think it's really important to get a hold of them, reach out to them. As soon as you see them come in, don't let them sit for a couple of days because they're saying they're interested. So get them while they're interested, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, it took me actually a couple tries to get a hold of him. He, that's kind of normal. And we we spoke and, and I, I called him and said who I was and said, you know, I reached out because you had shown some interest in wanting to sell your property at 
yada yada address and would you have you know five or ten minutes you know we don't need to be along i keep it really casual and um could you tell me about your situation and and he told me that um it was a, a rental it'd been vacant for a couple months he didn't really need to sell the property so he wasn't super motivated but he was interested i guess he just you know he told me you know he was going through a divorce and but he was thinking of maybe keeping it maybe not and i just built my relationship with him and and we talked about kids because he mentioned he had kids and I talked about my kids and, you know, we just talked about kind of just. So wait a second, you were a real human being? I was <laughs> a real human being. Yeah. Just having a conversation. And I mean, I made it just like, you know, there's no pressure. We don't buy every house that we look at. It's yeah. totally okay. If you say no, and this isn't going to work for you, that's fine. And that's sort of how I, I take the approach is. It's okay. You don't have to sell your house to me. I'd love it if it works, but it has to work for you and it has to work for us too, right? I'm so glad you hit this one. So a lot of people, they miss. And I want to get the word for word for everyone listening because it's important and it's genuine coming from you. A lot of times when we enter that conversation, there's these like, this is artificial pressure on us. The seller, they're thinking about selling the biggest, sometimes it's the biggest investment they've made in their life. Other times, maybe not, but usually it's a big financial move for them. And so you just mentioned something that I wish everyone would do when working with the seller, like giving them a pressure relief, letting the pressure out of the room. How do you say it? What do you say to a seller so that they know it's okay? I say, you know, I don't buy every house that I look at and Uh it's okay if you say no, it doesn't work. And what did this seller say to you when you said that? And he was like, oh, okay, I understand. You know, I said, you just have to tell me your story. I'll tell you what we do as a whole. And if the numbers make sense to me and the numbers make sense to you, then we can move forward. And I said, if it doesn't make sense for you or it doesn't make sense for me, you know, numbers wise, relationship wise, whichever, that's okay. Mm -hmm. I have other options. I can refer you to a realtor if that's what you want. And that's kind of how I take every phone call, every call that I do. Yeah, there's another good one. I can refer you to a realtor. And that's genuinely coming from your heart. Like not every real estate investor would do that. They would think, no, I'm going to keep this for myself. But instead, you're thinking about the seller. Yeah, like I've built, I really think that realtors should be a part of everybody's, any real estate investors kind of network because they're in the streets every day. They have sellers. They know people that want to buy. They know people that want to sell They have off-market properties. And if you can build that relationship and maybe kick them some deals every now and again, they're going to help you out in the long run. So that's the way I look at it. (laughs) I think this relationship or this business in a whole, when you're dealing with other investors or your network of people or sellers is just really relationship-based. So really focusing on building relationships, you'll go further. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, well said. Was there any feeling that you had while you were helping the seller? I know that you're a a very confident, calm person, but was there any feelings that were going through your mind as you helped the seller? Uh, No. I mean, I probably knew within the first 10 minutes of talking to him that he was probably going to sign the contract just by the conversation we were having because I've been doing sales for so long that I can kind of sense when it's going to work or it's not going to work. So yeah, I, I kind of was a little bit more confident, you know, because I could kind of, I could get, it was just the vibes that we were, I could just mm-hmm. tell him like, he's really interested, you know? And so I was a little bit more confident, but I didn't let that change anything on the way that I did the sales call. I do them the same every time. 
but yeah, you can kind of tell, I think if when you're dealing with someone, if they're really interested or if you're just kind of talking to talk, you know? Yeah. And so again, it doesn't change the way that I speak with them. I still do everything the, the normal way, but I'm not nervous to get on the phone. I'll, I'll talk to anybody. It doesn't matter. So that's just my, my demeanor, but it does. I have to remember my outgoing personality sometimes can get me in trouble. So I have to sometimes scale it back because not everybody is like, yeah, like me. Um, yeah. You're unique. You're unique. Yeah. I got nervous for years getting on the phone, doing all that kind of stuff. I just went and met a seller last Friday and as I got out of the car, I had a little bit of that butterfly feeling in my stomach. Like I yeah. still to this day, I get it. Lots of people do. And I always say, it's just a conversation. Like yeah. just go into it. Like you're having a conversation with somebody. You're going to ask some questions. They're going to ask some questions. And that's really all that it has to be. There shouldn't be any, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Like if you don't know the answer, just tell them you don't know. I do that. I'm like, you know what? I really don't know the answer to that but I'm going to find out for you. I always tell them that I will find out, but I'm not going to tell you something that I don't know. You know? Yeah. I think if you're transparent enough with people and, and come from the heart or, and that you're, you're sincere and authentic, that it goes a long way rather than saying something that maybe not be the truth or, you know, coming from that, making something up on the fly because you don't know what to say. Doesn't work usually. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So this seller, it was a rental property that was sitting mm -hmm. vacant. Now, what ended up happening? Like, how'd you help um, him out in the end? Yeah. So basically, I knew that he had by the questions I asked. I knew that he had an underlying mortgage on on the property, and he was looking at it as an investment. You know, how is he going to make some sort of money off this? Because he didn't didn't really care if he sold it. He could rent it again. So I knew that I, it kind of was going to come down to the numbers and if they were going to make sense, if he was going to make some sort of return on his money, because that's kind of what he was looking for. Mm -hmm. So I said, that's awesome. I said, usually I give you guys three different options as an offer. I said, I'll give you a cash offer, which I know you're probably not going to take because it's going to be lower than most likely it's going to be lower than what you owe on the property. I said, and then I usually give them two different seller financing offers is what we do. And I explained to him sort of the process, putting a rent to own buyer in the property I walked him through that process, how we kind of do that process. I think that if you walk your customers through what they're to expect, it calms everything too. explain yeah. what you do. So I said, we do background checks on them. We make sure that they can afford the monthly payments. You know, it's just like you're putting a renter in there, but you aren't going to have to deal with any of it. We'll collect the rent for you. Oh, I said, we don't collect the rent. A servicer will collect the rent because we don't want anything to do with money on that side and explained to him and he was like oh that could be an option and so i put together the deal and i think he'll make by the time it's done about 20 grand which is what he was hoping to kind of walk away with by the time we're done so so you took it from this seller would have had to sell in a potentially negative situation to now because he sold to you in this different structure to making mm -hmm. 20 grand yeah because if we had come in at a at a cash offer mm -hmm. i mean it wouldn't have worked. He owed 140 and I think the comps were 179 and it needed, I mean, it needed repairs. So it just, he wouldn't have made anything. It would have been either he would have, it would have been less or he would have been just made, you know, yeah. at a zero. So I knew that that wasn't going to work. And so I just focused on, okay, well, I got it at zero money down. So I didn't have to come out of any money out of my pocket and he'll make money off of his 
you know, off of his equity every month and that will pay him. So yeah, and I structured it. So he's just getting this equity rolled into his monthly rent payments. Like he won't get it till the deal closes in three years once he gets cashed out by the rent to own buyer. So for the person at home scratching their head right now saying, well, Hey, how do you get paid on this? Can you explain that? Yeah, because, and honestly, I just kind of fully understood the whole process of this too, because it is a little confusing. So basically, I figured out his mortgage payments were X per month. And I knew that if I could put a renter in that, in that unit, I could get X per month, which was more than what he had to pay. So I'll make every month when the rent comes in, we'll pay him his mortgage and then we make the difference. So in real, rent it for. In, in real terms, what is it like a thousand bucks so mortgage payment? dollars for his mortgage and $1,400 what the tenant's going to pay. Beautiful. We pay him his thousand and we get $400 in our pocket cash flow for three years. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. In, and then we in, also get a, a down payment from so the tenant from the buyer. Tenant buyer. Yeah. We'll get a $5,000 down payment from them as well. Beautiful. Do you already have that buyer lined up? The tenant buyer? I do. Yeah. They just, yeah. So it's been, I put it on Zillow rentals two weeks ago. So I've had a ton of people message me and so I've had to kind of sift through all of that, but yeah, we found someone who's willing to pay the whole $5,000 down. There's some people that were trying to say, well, I could do this. I could do this, you know, Mm -hmm. give you this, give you this. And we're like, "Eh, we don't know, but he's going to pay the whole 5,000 and yeah, he's kind of in the real estate investing world. He does home renovations. So I'm like, oh, it was perfect. You know, it was kind of like, oh yeah, that's cool. So yeah, he's he's a really nice guy and had, you know, good references and yeah, so that's that's good. It's only been two weeks. So boom. Win for me because it's the first subject to kind of deal that I did from start to finish on my own. So that was cool. Yeah, yeah. This is a, a triple win. You got a win for the seller. Seller's making mm-hmm. 20 grand more than they would have otherwise, at least. Yep. You got a win for you because you get down payment plus you get cash flow. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, the folks that buy rentals, just straight up rental houses, and I was one of those guys for years, we go out and we put down a down payment and then we yeah. get 400 bucks per month cash flow. <laughs> but yeah. you did it the opposite way. You're getting a down payment and you're making 400 bucks per month cash. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm so glad that I've learned how to do this because it opens up so many different avenues you can go down. And I think that you should have a tool belt of things that you can present to sellers when you're working with them. Cause if you can just wholesale your property, it's only one thing you can do, only one exit strategy, right? So this way gives you a lot more ways to help people, which is ultimately what I love to do in this business, you know? Yeah, I agree. That's, yeah. That's my number one thing. Like I always tell people and I should know, <laughs> even if I didn't make any money, I still want to help you, you know, like there's been deals where I know that, it's not worth me doing, but it's like, you know, I've built that relationship with that person and I want to help them. You know, a lot of people are going through really difficult things and they just need help, you know, and there's just not very many not enough people out there that are willing to just help people. Mm-hmm. I'd want it. So, you know, if I was in that situation, that's what I really love about this business is just being able to make that stress go away for, for that family or that person. Because you could just imagine what it would be like to, you know, have your own life, your own daily struggles, and then meeting someone and something, somebody passes away or something, and you have to deal with that. It's just stressful for them. And you can hear it on in their voice when you talk to them. 
And it's just like, okay, you know, I have a really big heart, so I'll do a deal. I don't make any money just because I want to help someone. Not all the time, but that's my ultimate goal is to help people that are going through situations that I would hate to be going through, you know. Hate cold calling? Can't stand direct mail? Wish there was a way to have sellers coming to you instead of having to chase them down? Now there is. It's called the Social Media Blueprint, and you can get it absolutely free when you go to www.socialmediablueprint.com slash podcast. I can feel that about you, and um, it's a blessing to be able to work with you during this time. And, yeah, and I appreciate you guys for everything you guys have taught me because I understood subject two before I sort of started this, but it wasn't until I went through working with you and Kate and Kate's been amazing that I finally was like, Ooh, light bulb went off in my head. And it was like, Oh my gosh, this makes sense to me now. And I've learned so much just even I know sales, I've done it for a long time, but even just the little tips and tricks that you have with your seller net sheets and and I've just it's like oh yeah I could do it that way you know because you always can learn something so I've been really appreciative of all the hard work you guys do too because it's been you guys are awesome definitely thank you I appreciate that what challenge before we started working together what challenge did you have in real estate it's always about lead flow right it's it's always the it's the grind of cold calling every day or sending a regular voicemails and getting all those lists. And that's hard. I mean, nobody knows what it's like to be, it's full of data. You know, you're constantly spreadsheets. It's like a spreadsheet, spreadsheets, depicting this, depicting that, mm-hmm. recycling your list. I mean, it's, that's part of the, the biggest grind that I don't like to do. Um, if I could get somebody to do that for me and just give me warm leads, that would be perfect, but it doesn't work like that. So in order to, you have to kind of think outside the box. And I always knew that Facebook ads were a thing, but I didn't know how to do them. <laughs> yeah, I knew a little bit, but I didn't know, I don't know ad copy. And so since running those ads, having that consistent flow of, of warm leads that are reaching out to you has been like a game changer because I've been able to, I have at least, I think I have like four today, honestly. Four. Yeah, like ever since I changed that last ad, I've had like, I think eight altogether in the last like three days. And that's huge for any entrepreneur that's looking for sales. You want warm leads yeah. ultimately out to you, right? That's the, that's the way you should, it should be. So that's changed a lot, which is making things a little bit easier. I'm not constantly having to pull my hair out with spreadsheets and them not working and because I have these leads that have reached out to me and then I can just get on the phone with them so yeah beautiful beautiful the biggest biggest thing for me well I want to get one more good question from you one more good answer Mm -hmm. so for the newer real estate investor that's out there that's sitting back saying ah gosh Leanna's talking about some pretty complicated stuff what wisdom or guidance would you offer the newer real estate investor about this business I would say the first thing that you need to do is, is you need to, I always say, get your mind right. <laughs> Start believing in your, like personal development, I think is huge, huge, huge in this business. It will take you so much further than you thought that it could take you. And the second thing I would say is, is find somebody, whether it's a mentor or a coach that you can lean on, that you can learn from, that you can ask questions and then just do it. <laughs> just go and do the work and get obsessed. Like I got obsessed with real estate, everything real estate when I first started and just, just do it. Don't be afraid. It's just, you just have to go and actually do it and be consistent. But definitely I think if I hadn't have started my personal development journey, 
there'd be no way that I would be here right now because yeah. I just, I would have given up a long time ago because I didn't get it right the first time or, you know, didn't think that I could actually do it. So we think that's played a huge role in any successful person. And I know maybe some people are like, yeah, right. Personal development. What are you talking about? <laughs> because I was that person, right? Like those weird people, what are they talking about? But it's weird. I, the moment that I actually figured out that I did have some sort of value to give, it was like the world just looked differently. It was, it was really, I can't really explain it, but it just, it looked different, you know, and to, to learn that you only know what you know, right? We only do what we know. We only learn what we know. I only learned what I knew from my parents, but until I started unraveling in that and thinking, wow, I have limited myself for so many years and I know I can do good, you know, I can do good things. So I think that is like the number one thing that I would say is just work work on yourself, you know, work on yourself, clear your mind. I love this message. You're totally right, Anna. Yeah. Like meditate. Like I never used to meditate, but now my kids meditate with me every night before my daughter goes to bed. We meditate together and listen to like children's story meditations and she loves it. Uh-huh. puts her to sleep in about 10 minutes it's perfect <laughs> and she, every night she she loves it and so yeah it's really cool it's the first thing I do every morning I do not I have my cell phone on airplane mode overnight mm-hmm. and yeah. I will not take it off airplane mode until I've gone through my daily devotions my reflections like I need that time to make sure yeah. I've got my mind straight every day yeah I do I meditate every day too and yeah it's amazing what it can do just in, yeah, the way you just look at things, just like I said, life, the world looked really different when I finally realized like, oh, it doesn't have to be this way that we think that it doesn't have to be a struggle. You know, you don't need to live paycheck to paycheck because that's all you think you're good enough for because we're so limited in the way that our brains, you know, they just, we are what we are, right? And we, are, we only knew what we knew until you know something different. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Leanna, thank you so much for all your wisdom today and sharing your story. How do people find you if someone wants to find you? Yeah, so you can find me at www.webuymdproperties with an S.com. Or you can always reach out to me at webuymdproperties on Facebook. Awesome. Instagram is Leanna Buys Houses. Leanna Buys Houses on Instagram. Okay. All right. We'll get those in the show notes too. Awesome. Thank you. Anna, thanks for the time today. God bless. We'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Okay. I hope you enjoyed that message from Liana. Liana is a superstar. She's made herself that way. She wasn't born that way. She learned so much from her parents and then the education stopped and she had to continue that journey. She continued that journey by clearing out her head. She figured out how to be part of the new generation. She didn't get stuck in the desert like Moses and his people. Instead, she figured out how to carry forward in that journey and therefore now is helping a lot of real estate sellers that need to sell. And she's able to make good profits for herself on the backside by helping them. So that's an incredible journey for us to witness. I would so appreciate if you would go ahead and leave a review for the show. All you have to do is whichever platform you're listening to this on, just go into the review section and write a review. I read every single one of them. I read the comments, the reviews. And if you think that this is something that someone else needs to hear, please give a share out there. I appreciate it. God bless you. We'll talk soon. Thanks. This is the podcastfactory.com.